This is Biz. I'm a stay-at-home mom with a baby boy and a daughter who's a full-blown kid. And I'm Teresa, a part-time working mom with two little boys. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood with Daniel Tiger. Plus, biz is overdone. Teresa does the hustle, and we talk to psychologist, relationship expert, author, and speaker, Maureen Campion. Woo! My neighbor. How are you, Teresa? Ding, ding. Ding, ding. Hi, Trolley. Hi, Trolley. <laughs> How are you, Trolley? Um, I'm fine. I have been like hustling my ass off mm. for the last few weeks. <laughs> I'm just gonna do that under your conversation. Don't worry. Don't mind me. Uh, yeah. I just I feel just like hustling. yeah. I just yeah. like have not stopped to think for yeah. like a few weeks, and it's been. Uh, good because I'm getting a lot of shit done, but I haven't had like any like r- like relaxation mode, mm. like you know. Yeah, yeah. It sneaks up you on you where yeah. you suddenly like you. It's like Sunday night, and you yeah. look at like what the week is, and you're like, oh my god, yeah. there's like not a single moment. No. Yeah. yeah. Oh, how are you? I am okay. I'm just sort of teetering there on that emotional edge where I thought everything was like pretty good yeah but like i think there's like this emotional toll of whatever thing your kid's going through at the time that like sort of leads up on you that you don't expect mm-hmm. like you know ellis is just being two and like the tantrums and the yelling and he's a bit of a more kid so it can be like he really gets tied into these like knots of you know no Socks. Okay, let's don't put on. Yes, socks. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, but then let's put on the no socks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, and that like involves so much crying and yelling. And when he gets really worked up, he just like rams his head into stuff, which is like very upsetting for me to watch yeah. him do that. And you have to try and stop him, and like that's really it's upsetting. a lot of energy. It's a lot too. of energy, like, and especially when that's just like one thing that you have to do it's, just to get out the door. Yeah, that's like that's like the, not even yeah, any he, of the appointment. Like you don't have right. an appointment to yeah. deal with the tantrum. Yeah, it's and, just that's also thrown in the mix. And you like, know because of the crazy day yeah evening's gonna be a total shit show right of this and then katie bell is just like being very sick and very like it is a ton of talking back and a ton of interrupting and a ton of when she's not talking back or interrupting her responses are as if she's being attacked so if it's like you know katie bell (laughs) would you like you know dessert what it's not even time for dessert. Why would you ask me that? You know, oh, oh, it's like living with somebody mm. who, like a time bomb that you don't know how they're going to go off. And like, she just, everything is, oh, and don't, and you don't. Like, and I'm like, wow. where Stefan and I are like, have we ever hurt you? Have we ever, are any of our actions ever geared towards harming you or keeping you from having a good time? We don't understand why your response is, if as if we are attacking you, you know, like we never start off at a high, yeah. you know, place. We always start off low asking her to do stuff. And it's not like any of the things that like prompt this are like, go clean your room. It's right. like, it's time for breakfast. Yeah. You know? It's right. like, and I know that all of these things are the things that like they're supposed to be going through and it's all their process. But like, it is so emotionally toiling on me. Yeah. And I don't think 
that anybody ever talks about like how taxing it is on the parents because, you know, your kid goes through that and you start talking about it. And the response usually is, well, that's what they're supposed to be going through. And it's like where they are developmentally and like, all right, let's get all together and get all our work. That's what I said to you yesterday when we were talking about this. But it's fair. No, but it's fair. And it's true. (laughs) But that isn't that it's not comforting. No, because then I'm like, well, how am I supposed to change my behavior to help with that developmentally? Like, am I is my meeting her developmental challenges in a way that is conflicting? Like, I mean, Mm. all those fucking books are like, instead of saying it this way, which is short ended or closes off discussion or may, may make them feel this way or trigger this emotional response because they're trying to process this, you know, it's like, you know, we talked about like kids, you know, like toddlers picking up food and dropping it and like mm-hmm. they don't have that development. Their brain is not going to say, even if you say stop, they cannot yeah. physically stop right. themselves from totally. dropping it. Yep. So how do we program ourselves to deal with a toddler while we're eating so mm-hmm. that we get the expect, you know, so that we help them and we help ourselves yeah. and blah, blah, blah. But like, you then like it's like so emotionally taxing working through everything, just being on the receiving end of being yelled oh, at all yeah. day long by your six year old. Yeah. And You're human. And then like Ellis yeah. yelling. And then like you feel like, oh my God, did I become that parent that you see at the store where the kids like just slapping their parent and it's just like, <laughs> you know, carry my backpack, mother. Like where you're just like, whoa, when did that I don't want that. Like, you know, like I don't want to be like like on a Maury Povich show yeah. where the kids just like, I don't know what to do with my kid, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, did I become that? And then how do I help them? Like, what do I do to better understand it? When all I really want to fucking do is just leave the house for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or just yeah. like turn off. And you you can't turn off all the time. Like, it's you know, I mean, it's whatever your day is. It's like, yeah. and I get to wake up and go into today like this and wrap it all up with fucking Chuck E. Cheese later today. Yeah. Which I think is a beautiful place for a psychotic break. But it it just, yeah, I just am like in that place where there's no solution. There's no nothing. It's like one of those, eh, I'm just like super emotionally taxed. Yeah. And that's it. And I, I'm not sure when I'm going to get the refill. How's the self-care? You know, we watched a lot of Great British Bake Off over the weekend. That was nice. That's good. Yeah, I mean, that was, like, nice. But, like, sometimes when you get the self-care, you then want it all the time. And it can oh, also be it can also be hard when you then know you're not going to get it. Oh, totally. And, like, and I'm still coming off the surfing injury, which makes me sound crazy cool. But, again, <laughs> just coming off the surfing injury, guys. So I'm not able to still go out and do some of the physical right. activity that makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just feel like... Like a little lost. Yeah. I'm a little lost. Just like, yeah, where like all you can do is just stand there until things sort of reset and start yeah. going again. Like, until your brain's like, okay, now you should go do this and go do this. Yeah, that's it. That's all. That That's that's like where I am. I don't think there's much to do about it. You're doing a really good job. I appreciate it. But sometimes uh, I think when we get to this crazy place, I know one of the things that I am first words to come out of my mouth is, does somebody want to watch some television? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And currently, the show in our house uh, that we go to is Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, which I think we're going to spend a little time on today, taking us to a very special place. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. 
advice. Miss and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. It's Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. Hi, neighbor. Hi, neighbor. I'm going to school today. (laughs) Do you want to sing about it? Do you want to watch me leave the house without any sort of emotional fit or breakdown? (laughs) We are going to talk about Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood today because we need to. Yeah. (laughs) And I think a lot of the things that can be said about Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood probably holds true for lots of children's programming. But Mm -hmm. I think we're going to focus very specifically on Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. And we just want to start off with a disclaimer that we know we're not going to cover everything that you want to discuss about Daniel's Tiger Neighborhood. In fact, I think when we talk about things like sleep training and breastfeeding, that like we're able to cover all those things in more detail than we probably (laughs) will be able to when it comes to Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. But let's start off well, do you do you do you guys watch the show? We do watch the show, although we it's not something in rotation, yeah. heavy rotation right now, right. Um, because they're just more into a couple of other things mm-hmm. right now. But it's actually my favorite ah. of the like shows that they watch, and so like I've sort of I'm I've taken a break from like suggesting it because I'm just getting <laughs> no um, a lot right now. But there have been big chunks of time where it was the only show yeah. that we watched, um, and we've. I think we've seen all the episodes. Yeah, yeah. No, so uh, it came out right after Katie Bell missed that age window, Mm -hmm. right? So it started when she was about three, four. She now watches it religiously with Ellis. Mm -hmm. It was perfect. Ellis... You know, it was two and yeah. some change. He really likes it. It's really good for little kids. Like it was, it was a nice like first thing. For yeah, both but like my Kate, kids to yeah, watch. and Katie Bell though. But Katie Bell will go back and watch yeah. all that oh, stuff. Oh yeah, sure. Like, and we're gonna talk a little bit about yeah. how Daniel Tiger affects my six year old. Okay, yeah. Um, thanks, <laughs> Daniel Tiger. But uh, yeah, no, we like it too. Mm-hmm. We we like it. And I thought we'd start off with just some of the positive things about Daniel Tiger. And yeah. like, for me, I remember just turning to Stephanie and being like, "This is genius." Like. The, the little song mm-hmm. that they sing. They sing yeah. these little songs, and it really just helps calm things down. And yeah. it's super simple. It's like just yeah. the right amount of words, and they repeat yeah. it. And it's really good. On, <laughs> eat breakfast. No, this is. Brush teeth. Put on <laughs> That is, in fact, the thing that has ruined. Because it's in the wrong order, right? It is. In it's our house, it's also order. in the wrong order, and that has also oh. caused drama in our household. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let me say this one nice thing about their songs before we talk about how it's ruining our <laughs> right. lives. Yeah. And that is the if you don't if you have ever seen at least one Daniel Tiger you know the grown ups come, come back, back right yeah. like that one I have literally <laughs> I was oh god I've sung that so many fucking times into yeah. preschool just this you know this year yeah. walking him in and I hear this mother down yeah. on her knees singing it to her yeah <laughs> I just was like solidarity yeah yeah the grown ups come back episode yeah. is it's the only one you ever really need to see because yeah. it's all about separation yeah. and it's the little song and my kids sing it and we sing it and it's it's perfect yeah it is when that show works perfectly friends help each other yes Yes, they they do do. it's true i love that one (laughs) that's one of my faves well there are a couple though that are like really sort of passive where i'm like is she she's using kind of a mean tone with that song it's the one (laughs) where like there's an episode where daniel wants to help but he Mm -hmm. can't yeah uh and he like breaks the vase. It's mm-hmm. like about about your actions, understanding that your actions have 
cause reactions. Consequences? Consequences. Do yeah. you remember that song by Chance? No. It's something like, I don't it's something that like don't forget that your actions. <laughs> I mean, that's not it. But like the whole tone made me like stop. Actions have consequences. I think I remember the episode. Yeah. I don't remember the song. But yet. I was just like walking through the dead and she yeah. started singing the song and I was like, oh, like I had to stop that's and be so like, funny. that seems a little guilty. Yeah. A little guilt laden there, yeah. Mama Tiger. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. yeah. So I think the music is a huge part of mm-hmm. the show. Yeah. Uh, for me, I get super, I think it's such a great idea. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the things they're dealing with, we're sort of dealing with. And then I get into the moment myself in real life and I try and bust out the song mm-hmm. and I can't. Mm-hmm. And then all my songs start, <laughs> start to sound like, get in the car, get in the car. It's time to go somewhere. Get in the car. And like, None of these are, the kids are like, what? Uh, so like they always turn out to just be total awful yeah. songs. I can never pull them into Angry my Angry singing is never good That's singing. Right. Yeah. No, but then as you watch the show, I sometimes think, because especially that morning one that you're singing, mm-hmm. they sing that so often, I yeah. start to think, this is their like slight psychotic break as a parent where, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, you do, I don't know if you do this with your kids, but when they're really making you crazy, I'll do like a weird sing-songy voice, like, no, it's time, it's time. Like, I'll put on like a crazy voice mm-hmm. because it's better than yelling. Yeah, like, I get I'm that. like, yeah. now it's time to go. Yes, let's do it. Are you ready to go? Good. (laughs) I get that. Because you got to like let your energy out and you're trying to not let it out in an angry way. I also do that um, when like I've had to call Simon's name like 10 times to get his attention. And so I'll get to the point where I'm like, Simon. That's right. (laughs) With a big smile on my face. But I'm just like, come on, dude. (laughs) Get it together. I'm talking to you. I know. I wonder. So in particular, the morning routine and the Mm -hmm. evening routine, that's where they sing it so much. I feel like. That's another one where Daniel's not moving fast enough. He's like super distracted. Yeah. yeah. And he's going to miss Trolley. Right. And stuff like and that. He does miss Trolley. He does, right? but Trolley comes back. So it's yeah. not really a good teaching lesson. No. But he's like, the. It'd be par- funny if they made him walk. <laughs> I did. I was like waiting for that to happen because the mom was like, oh, Daniel. Yeah. You really were playing, weren't you? Yeah. Oh, oh you're really good at doing the mom Daniel. Voice. When she's mad, that's yeah. her. Oh, Daniel. It's time to eat now. (laughs) She's like, I know you're excited, but now it's time to eat. (laughs) And I'm like, damn, she has this pre or post baby. I don't know, this might be number two for her. Uh Uh, So, yeah, we, so like that, I don't know. The music is really helpful, but then it never feels like, I feel like I'm being given a gift Mm -hmm. that I then cannot open. And use when mm. I am then in the situation. Okay, yeah. Outside of Grown Ups Come Back. That's yeah. the only one that I have. What about the, the potty time song? We've we s- not seen the potty episode. Oh, it's great. It's not on it's our. Yeah, great. I've got to find it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, because Ellis is getting there and I, somebody posted on the Facebook group, oh my God, does Daniel Tiger have a potty episode? Please, God, because my kid yeah. does everything else Daniel Tiger does. Yeah. Yeah. There's Here's the thing about these shows and I mm. think um Daniel Tiger plays into this a little bit uh this universe and that is you see these kids how old do you think they are 
Uh, how old is Daniel Tiger yeah, supposed like, to be? What are they supposed I to? I feel like he's supposed to be like four. Like four. Maybe five later. Like he starts out being four maybe. Yeah. Or maybe three and a half. There's I don't know. A lot. I know the show is supposed to be, what, for three to five-year-olds? Yeah. But yeah, to me, he seems like mostly around four. There's a lot of like good communication between kids. Yeah. And as I've watched Katie Bell go out into the world, kids don't communicate that well. They just yeah. stare at each other and grab things and like... If yeah. You've got a kid who's been communicating, and then I've I've I literally said to her once, "Your expectation of going out with kids is this, isn't mm-hmm. it?" And she was like, "Yeah, <laughs> and it's not." And I feel like that sort of you know, like you they get armed with these communication skills, uh-huh. and then they go out and they try and use them, mm-hmm. but not everybody's communicating the same way. So mm-hmm. it's like, "How do you feel, Daniel?" I feel mm-hmm. mad, and you know, instead of the other kid saying. I feel sad. The other kids just like pinching your kid or like wandering off or having a tantrum or like whatever. Yeah. And that I think that like I have found as my kids have gotten old, like watching Katie Bell go through this, that it it is a disillusionment of television that I hate seeing her have to wrestle with already out in the world that like people aren't responding to her the way they do in these universes that Uh she watches, even the most innocent and like sweet, supportive uh, universes and like you know no she and her friend may not work out the sharing issue the same way they do on Daniel Tiger even if they know the songs right well, but isn't that like this kind of leads into another thing that I think we want to talk about yeah. but like isn't kind of the whole point of like kids shows to like raise common issues mm-hmm. like common problems and then show how they can work out like right. like offer a way for them to work out and it's like it's the same for kids as it is for adults. Like, I sit there and I watch and I'm like, oh, I could be doing this <laughs> right. a lot better than I am. Like, I can see how, like, the parents are like, oh, my special little guy. I can see that you're feeling right. really hurt. That You know, and it's just like, oh, yeah, right. Okay. I'm like, and it's, yeah. I mean, they are, they're, they're for entertainment. Yeah. They're appealing because, to us and our kids, because every episode is something that we've all been through or yeah. we will go through. And our kids feel the same way. Right. But, like, they're not going to show how it all falls apart. That's not helpful. <laughs> like, they're trying to show how it could go well. Like, they're trying. It's try- not like the Oz or like. Yeah. I'm, I'm- bringing back such old television shows right. it's not like the like, yeah. Oz or like Breaking Bad right. like, it's not Breaking right. Bad yeah um, like um, pre-K yeah like it's it's also it's, there's only five kids in that class that teacher's got it easy yeah she does I'm like are they homeschooling what yeah. is that it's, and it's such a short day <laughs> I know like the dad goes to work but he then works he's, at a clock he's factory back, yeah but he's back like two hours later like <laughs> all they did bad. was like talk and eat lunch anyway <laughs> Um, so, yeah, but, like, that's my point. Is that it's supposed to be educational. Like, it's supposed to show things going well. Oh, like, but who's it educating, Teresa? Well, okay. <laughs> so here we go. Yeah, because, like, I've I've watched it so many times. Think, I actually genuinely, I've said it's, it's my yeah. favorite of the kids' shows. I have learned a lot from it. Right. I really have. Like, and actually, I do actually find it helpful. But it's also a little bit patronizing. <laughs> like, I also feel kind of like they're talking down to me. Like, they're kind of going like, now this is how you could actually handle this situation right we know you're not handling it this well but here's here's some tools for you but like like they should turn directly to you at some point in time and be like grown-ups come back get it do you get what i'm doing here do you don't be again to pick up your kid (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, like I think it's. Do you see how patient they are when Daniel gets excited and they make him sit down? They're and they tell so him to breathe. Patient. They're so patient. They are. They really. But are. I also, I'm like, yeah, but you know what? I get the like initial. I think we all start off with that initial. Hey, we've got somewhere important to be. We need to calm down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But then if you've got the kid who's never going to calm down, like who's literally constantly mm, like, like spiraling, spiraling the yeah. moment you put on the calm yeah. voice and say, calm down, that's like some sort of right trigger for the spiral. Again, they're not going to show that. Well, but, but even OK, but I wouldn't want them to. Because yeah. The other thing that happens is like my kids watch Curious George and mm. then they want to act like George. Right. And I'm like, fuck you. This yeah. is my worst nightmare. They weren't doing this stuff before watching this show. Like, they don't understand <laughs> that George is the doing monkey. dumb stuff yeah. that would cause a child to die. Right. You know, like, they don't get that leap. Like, they just think it's, like, fun and cute and funny. And right. then they want to make monkey sounds instead of using words, which they could totally do. You know, right. like, right. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather with Daniel Tiger, he demonstrates pretty yeah. decent behavior. And I would right. rather them watch that and be like, oh, that's how I'm supposed to go to bed at night in my own bed. Right. You yeah. Know what no, I mean? no. Like, yeah, I agree. The mirror image of like the the uh, the bar is raised for the kids. Yeah. On that. Yeah, I, absolutely. And I agree. The show's totally loaded and like trying to help you as a parent figure out how to talk to your kids and how to like set your tone and how to talk to them. But you're right. There are there are definitely moments there where you're like, stop it. Yeah. Daniel Tiger, take a step back. Yeah. It's like being at lunch when you're having like the shit week and yeah. all your friends' weeks are totally working out great and their kids yeah. are being great. And you're like, yeah. I'm going to, yeah. I shouldn't even be here. Yeah. I shouldn't even be here. Yeah. Oh, that right. must be nice for must you. Nice. That yeah. sounds great. Good. I'm so glad you, oh, is your child just standing there? Oh, you silently? guys are so sweet. Yeah, that's what best a sweet family. <laughs> Oh, are you getting a pedicure too today? Good. Yeah. Uh, pedicures are nice, aren't they? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mommy needs some self-care. That Step should be like our new, our new song that we sing whenever... Stephen, like, can't get the Bunny Party song uh-huh. out of his head. Yeah. Like, he sings that nonstop. Uh-huh. And Ellis really likes the whole make-believe. Like, Ellis yeah. will bust out stuff where he's like, hey... Do you want to make believe with me? Oh, okay. Let's that's make so cute. He quotes the show. He's got like one of the, He just memorizes everything. So there's lots of stuff like I'll wake up like this morning. I woke him up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hi, Ellis. And I get him on the changing table. He goes, hi, do you want to be friends with me? And I'm like, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Uh, And so he'll act out all the different stuff. But that like routine, the Mm -hmm. evening routine, Ellis doesn't care as much. But Kate Bell was like, tonight, my routine is now going to be. Brush teeth, yeah. <laughs> you know, take take bath, brush yeah. teeth, put on, on the yeah. that's yeah. what it's I the know. putting on the clothes. I know comes after brushing teeth, but here they want to do it first. And she's like, "This is what it's going to be," and I'm just like, "You're like, we're going to leave the bathroom, yeah, and then change, and come all and then the way back." Away. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. we're not. Yeah. yeah, that's really difficult. Yeah. But then you're like, "But what would Daniel Tiger's mother do?" <laughs> She would let him do she it. She would say, that sounds great, as she long as you're doing great. all the steps. That sounds great. Let's just change the song for you, yeah. Daniel. Let's just make it work out. Yeah. Yeah. There are other things, I think, that make people like kind of go crazy about Daniel Tiger. Mm-hmm. A big one is the no pants on Daniel Tiger. People or his seem, dad. Yeah, or the dad. People seem yeah. like really bothered about pants on animals in yeah. fictional world, worlds yeah. like all the time. Yeah. And this is true of like all the Disney characters and stuff. They're yeah. like, Mickey wears pants, but he doesn't wear a shirt and like... Yeah. 
Donald has a shirt but doesn't wear pants, but like the owl, <laughs> owl on the yeah. show. Oh, the owl. Oh, the owl. Yeah. That he and his father are both nude the whole time. Right. They wear no. They clothes. wear shoes. They wear shoes. Yeah. Uh, Katarina Kitty Cat. She let me tell a dress, you. Right. She wears a, a tutu kind oh. of thing. Maybe she wears I a think top. It's a dress. I think we cover all lady animals, no matter what. Well, that's. I think that's why people are pissed about the pants, yeah. the no pants thing, because Mom Tiger is has fully to dressed. wear a full she wears outfit. Pants. You're right. But Dad and Daniel, they don't have to wear pants. They don't have to fucking wear pants. They just letting it all hang out. Yeah. Just fucking free ball to the wall. Yeah. Right. There was. <laughs> We were watching the bathing episode, and like they're scrubbing Daniel Tiger's hair, yeah. and Stephen walked by and goes, "That hair must be a nightmare to wash." <laughs> I'm glad your kid likes to have his hair washed, yeah. Dad Tiger, yeah. or whatever. And like, then they got Prince Wednesday; he's a human living amongst everything. Right. I, it's like, and again, this is one of those universes that bothers me. Where well, like, but it comes from Mr. Rogers. Well, those right, are the original are all the characters, characters, the puppets, and yeah, the, the puppets you know, and stuff. All that. But then they have like a class pet. Which, right. like, always bothers me. I'm yeah. like, why is this animal, like, not, you know, sentient right. <laughs> the same way that everybody right. else is? Maybe yeah. he is. Maybe he's just like, you're just, you know what? You're a class pet. You yeah, stay so my job cave. is to yeah. not talk. And job, just... Shut up, rabbit. Eat your carrot. Uh, taking care of you is another yeah. good one. We like that one a I lot, too. I remember that one. Taking care of you makes me happy, too. Which, when I'm getting, like, really nuts, mm-hmm. sometimes the kids bust that out at me. Mm-hmm. They don't know that I'm being nuts, but I'm like, oh, you're right. Taking care of yeah. you. I guess it does make me happy, too. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Daniel Tiger, for arming my kids with songs to make me feel like shit. You know, but yeah. like, but they're all good. Uh, people, and then, like, oh, the owl yeah. is supposedly on the spectrum, like the autism is spectrum. I just yeah. thought he was like super smart because he can read. Well, there have been like hints that he's on the autism spectrum, is what I've heard, um, which is cool. <laughs> no, that's cool. I was thinking about his dad coming in. His dad is... <laughs> it's his uncle. Actually. Oh, it's his uncle? Uncle X. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Well, Uncle X does not like your books on the floor. That is for sure. Yeah, that's That true. book was on the floor for like less than a second. Mm-hmm. Uncle Al comes in and is like, What's going on in here? He's like, Books belong on shelves, not on floors. I'm like, The kid just took him out. Like, relax. He's still reading them. Yeah, he he's still like busy. walked yeah, away. Yeah, he's not walking on them yeah. and making a fort or something. Yeah. yeah, I was a little like, Ouch. That mm. seems a little harsh. Seems a little perfectionist owl family. There's also the biracial family. Yep, the biracial family. Um, and then isn't Katarina Kitty Cat's mom a single mom? I guess her voice does make me want to shoot myself. I can't remember. What's the she's... matter, meow, meow? Oh, yeah. Meow, meow, Katarina, what's the matter, meow, meow? Simon went through a phase where he was <laughs> saying meow, meow, just like the yeah. way Katarina Kitty Cat yeah. talks, like, a lot. But I actually thought it was kind of cute. No, that's cute. It's just the mom. The she mom. She has, like, totally yeah. just, like, I knew a lot of, like, mothers and this, like, yeah. growing up in Alabama. They also talk like this. Yeah. <laughs> Like, what? I can't yeah. hear you. Yeah, and then what's her name? Uh, who is the, what is the kid who, with the inter- interracial family? The, Miss Elena. Miss Elena. Yeah. She wears all her clothes backwards. And they're all, yeah. every, uh, that's her thing. She that. wears that's her clothes thing. backwards yeah. all the time. She's super cute. She's like, scoot, scoot, doodle, doot, whatever. She's yeah. Like, <laughs> Calm down, yeah. Miss Elena. Yeah, no, overall, good show. It's not for us. <laughs> But when you're watching it, sometimes two to three times in a day, uh, you need to talk about it. Yeah. You need to get it off your chest. (laughs) And remember, we'll come right back. (laughs) 
to Maximum Fun, the Beef and Dairy Network podcast, the number one podcast for those involved or just interested in the production of beef animals and dairy herds. All sponsored by Grazex, the latest grass replacement pellet from Mitchell's. If it's not Mitchell's, get back in the truck. Find us at MaximumFun.org or on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. And if it's not clear, this is a comedy podcast. Beef out. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. So, lately it's been a bit of a chore to get my kids together to leave preschool. Mm. Like, they're they're happy to see me, which is awesome. That's really nice. Um, And they're happy to see each other. And get reunited from their separate classrooms. <laughs> and they're happy that we're going home. But they get kind of pumped up and they start just running around crazy. Yeah. And it's really hard to, like, rope them in. And I have to be, like, holding that, holding their hands because we have to walk through a parking lot. And then a lot of times I, we park out on the street because the parking lot's really small. And sometimes yeah. there's no spaces. So there's, like, it's, like, a whole thing. And it's a lot of work. And it takes a lot of time and a lot of energy. And the other day um, I was... Went through all of that bananas stuff and got to the car and got everyone buckled in and then got in my seat. And then Simon told me, um, I really need to go body like to the point where he was like physically he was about to pee his pants in his car seat. And I was like, mother, like I and I have the other kid, and yeah. I just can't bring myself to, all the way back in. And by the time we would get to the potty, he might even he pee his pants peed. by the time we get there. So oh, I look around. What are we doing? What do I have what in my are we car? Doing? I have one of their water bottles because they use stainless steel water Road bottles. Trip. <laughs> I just dumped out the water and I unbuckled Simon, passed it back to him. He peed into the bottle. Got back in his car seat, buckled him back in. I took the pee home. <laughs> and dumped it in the toilet because I felt weird about dumping it out there, like there at the preschool, you know, um, like right out. Like I don't know. You just, just like, like leave it in the fridge for an accidental <laughs> like Jesse to like drink it or something. But what? What is this? Some delicious apple juice. <laughs> so it goes in the toilet and then it goes. It's a stainless steel water bottle. It goes in the dishwasher and gets sanitized in the dishwasher. Who gives a shit? And problem no solved. One. It was over in seconds. Oh, I felt so good. Teresa, good job. Men, you have got an easy life. (laughs) I, good job. Thank you. Good job. Yeah, thanks. Good job. What you got? I, okay, so, you know, Ellis goes to sleep earlier than every human on the planet, which is great. Mm -hmm. Has some pros, has some cons. Uh, Not the best when daylight savings happened last month Mm -hmm. because... It's the sun totally sets on his side of the house. So it's just like, and we, you know, I don't have blackout curtains or anything like that. We just like Mm -hmm. a regular shade, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it was still pretty bright. And this was like during the time where he was really having a problem going to sleep. Like Mm -hmm. it was just every 10 minutes I was going back in. Uh, So I 
opened up my sewing area where I just hoard fabric because mm-hmm. <laughs> I have an addiction to mm-hmm. buying adorable fabrics. Uh, and I randomly had some like black uh, fabric and a cute outer fabric. And in like literally 10 minutes, I sewed a curtain that oh had a blackout thing. And I, I went to like Target, got a rod, yeah. stuck it up there. I mean, like the old shade is still up there. Like, yeah. It's still like, a, I'm like, I don't know. Do I want to make this permanent? I have no idea. Yeah. But stuck it in. Yeah. And it like took the, I mean, it's not full blackout, but it makes it a Way lot darker. darker. Yeah. And I was just like, I just felt like a superhero. Great job. Yeah, I just felt like a superhero. And it has helped tremendously. Hi, I'm calling with a genius moment. My daughter just crawled on her hands and knees for the very first time. You may be thinking to yourself, what's the big deal? All babies do that by around nine months. Well, the big deal is that she has special needs and has been in physical therapy for six months working on this. And I'm calling this a total genius moment because my husband and I have worked so very hard for this. We are both full-time working parents, juggling jobs and taking her to so many appointments every week. She has a team of four doctors and eight therapists. And I just wanted to shout out to all the parents of special needs kids because I see you. You are going above and beyond every single day. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, wow. so yeah. good. Thank oh, you man. for calling that in. Seriously. That is like so amazing. Yeah, it is. And it, it is really hard. And you are doing a fucking great job. And like that commitment that you guys have made and you're going in like every day. And that is, of course, this is a genius moment. Oh, yeah. You have done such a good job. Yeah. Good job. Good job. Good job. Failures. Fail. You suck. Fail me, Teresa. I just, I did the thing where, <laughs> like, my kids were in the bath and, like, Simon was sitting under the spout, like, oh. feeling how hot the spout was and, like, telling me it wasn't hot enough. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll fix that for you. And I just pulled the, I just made it super hot yeah. as it was coming right down, like, on his shoulder, like, down his back and just totally burned him. Uh. Like, just didn't realize, like, oh, it's on him right now. Like, move him out of the way and, and then, then adjust. adjust. What the hell? Yeah, that's a classic. Yeah, it was yeah. so stupid. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, thanks. I'm sorry. Uh, my failure is, uh, Teresa knows what's coming. <laughs> she, doesn't oh. want, she doesn't want this to be oh, a failure. Oh, I almost forgot. Oh, good. Let me bring it back up. Yeah. So uh, last night, Teresa and I went, left our families and went with a few other moms who left their families mm-hmm. to go have a meetup at a really cool bar, and we all know how hard it is to do this, to go out. We all went out. Everybody looked lovely. Uh, I was talking uh, to one of the ladies. Uh, the waitress had put the drink down, my wine down, but I didn't know. I mean, like, literally it happened the moment she put the wine yeah. down. I happened to turn at the same time, managed to get my hand just so yeah. under it. Teresa was directly across from me, and it was like... I mean, it was like the glass like got up off the table. Yeah, I mean, it, it was blue. It was a wine shower. It was a wine shower. It was as if yeah. I literally picked it up and threw it at her. Yeah, and she was wearing a lovely white sweater, guys. <laughs> and it wasn't just like it. Just, I mean, it was just like 
If you've ever seen like those crime shows where they reenact the blood splatter, <laughs> yeah. where like, or Carrie, just yeah. think of the original Carrie where somebody yeah. takes like pig's blood and just throws it and it does that slashing, yeah. that slashing spray from the top of the head straight down. Yeah. It was like, I mean, it was, everybody said it happened in slow motion. Like everybody at the crazy. table was yeah. just, and it was just like, it, it, it was, yeah. I, and Teresa handled it like so well. She was so lovely and like so graceful and like so kind. Oh, I don't think I, graceful is the right word, but I did laugh. Full of grace. She was gracious. Gracious is the right word. Okay. She was so gracious. I was not graceful. Uh, and I just, it was just like, oh my God. And uh, we can't go anywhere. Yeah. And uh, the best part to me was like, um, <sighs> Right next to me was was <laughs> one of our guests. One yeah. of our guests who was wearing a black shirt. Yeah, and she didn't get a drop drop on, on her. her. Yeah, like, no, not a single drop, not a single drop on her. And they really only hit Teresa, yeah. guys. Pretty, it's amazing it was that amazing. we're even here today. Yeah, recording the show. It is. It is. That was special. Oy, fail. Hi guys, long time listener, first time caller, and unfortunately I'm calling with a fail. Um, so my two-year-old is, well, he he's very curious, and um, <laughs> in our dressing room we have storage areas where we keep board games that mom and dad like to play when he goes to bed, and he he knows that there are adult games that he cannot play with, so we always tell him, no, those are adult toys. Let's go play with your toys. Well, in that bedroom, we also have a dresser, and in one of the drawers are Mommy and Daddy's <laughs> private adult toys. <laughs> so he knows that dresser drawer is there, and he knows not to open it. He can't really reach it anyway. Today, Grandma was watching him, <gasps> oh, yeah. and he asked if he could play with a toy. He said he wanted to play with an adult toy. <laughs> so, God. so, Grandma decided to allow him to go into the bedroom, and she was going to supervise him with while playing with an adult, what she thought was board game. She opened up the drawer and... Yep, she just sees all of mommy and daddy's adult play toys. Um, yep. So she then calls me to let me know that she opened the drawer and, you know, she's sorry and wasn't invading our privacy. And, yeah, now I have to walk into that house and, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much a momming fail. I... It's just, it's a failure all across the board. I'm just going to go crawl under a rock and die. Thanks for being awesome and getting me through this parenting thing. Bye, guys. Oh, man. Okay. She calls back. Oh, okay. Right after it. Oh, okay. There is a part two, and I really think it should be her that tells you what happens. Okay. Okay. Hi again. (laughs) I just called with the Grandma Fine Sex Toys fail. Well... Upon entering the house, I decided to just, you know, hold my head high, act like nothing happened, and I swung the door open to greet my children, 
who were actually standing directly <laughs> at the door. The door hit my nine-month-old right in the head, who then hit into my two-year-old, who then fell into a cabinet door oh. that has a nice little handle on it. It's the night before Easter, and both of my children will be sprouting very nice bruises right on their foreheads. Yep. When I fail, I fail hard. Mama's home! <laughs> Boom! Like that. I totally just like envision this like, da-da-da! Yeah. Mama's home and everything's fine! The Easter Bunny's coming tomorrow! I wonder if he'll leave you any adult toys in your basket! There have been so many times that I've seen Jesse coming to the, because we have like a little window at the top mm. of our door and I can see him coming up and I'm like screaming at him yeah, from across the room. The There's door. a kid there. Like, I know. Yeah. Right. Like, it can yeah. happen. Oh, it happens so easily. Yeah. And then on top of, to have like psyched yourself up after oh, the yeah. sex toy stuff. Oh, yeah. To have psyched yourself up. Yeah. And then walk in and like ruin everything. Yeah. <laughs> Just, and the grandmother. And th- there's something. I, there's something about the fact that it wasn't just grandma accidentally stumbled upon the sex toys. The fact that the kid, kid. was asking for it's an that adult toy, toy, which sounds like it's it a reasonable. It, se- yeah, yeah, but it also makes it. But then once you find the sex toys, you're like, wait. So the, does the kid know about the sex, sex toys? And like the kid is asking to play with them. Is that something that's like allowed? <laughs> like what? Right. The- well, it's one of those things where it's like this is grown up. Versus yeah, yeah. kitchens. Right. So I can see it very easily being like, yeah. these are adult toys. Right, and right, these right. are kid toys. Right. And then, like, Ugh. it just, but like so that bad. universe, that's one of those things that you, you think is works. Yeah. And it, it may work very well. And then, like, two ish. Suddenly, it doesn't, suddenly it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're, yeah. So sorry. I'm sorry. Welcome, welcome to calling into the Genius and Phil hotline. Yeah. We'll see you again real soon. <laughs> are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you. Teresa, yes. let's call it parents. Great. Woohoo! This week we are talking to Maureen Campion, a psychologist, relationship expert, author, and speaker. She helps people create amazing families and powerful marriages with her advice and workshops on her website, marriagegeek.com. And she's the author of the new book, Heal Your Birth Story. Welcome, Maureen. Thank you. I can't imagine what we'll talk about. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, more than know, relationships and birth stories, two things that new Think parents... I'm in the right neighborhood. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's our wheelhouse, as yeah. it were. Um, let's start off with just finding out uh, who lives in your house. I have a husband. I have a 12-year-old son, a 14-year-old son. Um, I have a 31-year-old who doesn't live here anymore, which is good. <laughs> Um, and a couple of dogs and a cat right now. Um, it's a full nice. house. That is that's a ho- that's a full house. That's a full. Yep. Ho- how's it how's it going with twelve and fourteen? Um, eleven is my least favorite age, and so the fact that I never have to do eleven or three ever again is oh, saving my life. So, uh, and I really like teenagers aren't so bad. Twelve is still making me a little crazy, but 
I like teenagers. Good to know the warning about 11. No, people just stop talking about ages after, like, you get through, like, the preschool yeah. years. No one writes books anymore. No, no nine, one's talking nine to about 11, the research, even, the research even says 9 to 11 is actually the hardest. Like, middle school for <sighs> parents. Is really stressful. Yeah, because they're just weird. That. They're just they are hormonal yeah. and they're crazy, and we're kind of yeah. crazy, and we can remember being teenagers. So yeah, all, and don't they like that age, so. don't they like super need us at that point? But they're acting like they don't want us. Like at the same time, yeah. Don't touch me. We'll sit right here. But don't. But just, yeah. Oh yeah. They kind of yeah. A lot of that. I am already like this. I had a whole breakdown at the beginning of the show just about the emotional toil that my six year old daughter and my two year old son are sort of taking on me with just like the normal two-year-old tantrum stuff but like my six-year-old's definitely going through something uh, which is like a lot of back talk and a lot of like interrupting and a lot of um just responding as if she's under attack um to everything just I mean, <laughs> good morning why would you say good morning to me uh and just like <laughs> the emotional toil that it takes like on the parent and i don't think anybody acknowledges <laughs> that uh that uh, how much it's all about me and <laughs> <laughs> but I hear you say that about like how hard it is the nine to eleven, how hard it is on the parents. And so thank you for acknowledging parents, because yeah. I know it's very hard for the kids because we all remember very easily, yeah, what it true. was like. But no yeah. one remembers what your parents thought it was like when you were going through it. It's like <laughs> so all true. new to you. Um, well, let's get into. I would like to get into some of this. I want to first we had you bring us two really interesting sides to what you you do and i feel like that there's this relationship your experience as a relationship expert and helping people uh with their relationships as well as this new book healing your birth story and i feel like for this particular interview i'd really like to focus just maybe on two things as opposed to trying to like run through all the amazing different things that you do uh and really get some help from you uh for us <laughs> Sure. Take advantage of having you here. Um, and the first thing I want to ask is about just relationships in general. And if through your work uh, and your experience, if there's like really one thing that that people, especially people with new kids, uh, find really challenging for their relationship. Yeah, I think that it's, you know, parenting is so heavily front loaded. Those first years, all of your emotional energy has to go to the babies and the baby should be that important. But then the sacrifice and the transition, you know, you, the two people become totally different. It's the most life transforming thing mm. you can go through to become a parent. And really in that first year, hardly anybody even asks their partner, like, how is this working for you? Or <laughs> what do you think about being a parent? Or, you know, have you yeah. noticed any changes? Because you haven't slept. And so who's going to talk about the deep things? And so a lot of it, I swear, as a marriage counselor, I feel like I kind of duct tape couples together and hold them together till their kids are in school full time. And you can actually prioritize. You really have to put your marriage on the back burner and then just keep it alive for a few years and not expect it to necessarily be really rich and rewarding while you've got tiny kids. And That's then, like really you know, how honest. Do you, how do you give it a... <laughs> Yes. That's really honest, yeah. Marie. I mean, I just need to, like, take a break for a yeah. second because I just don't think we're that honest about it. I mean, it's like everybody just expects this, like, perfect package. Uh, like, 
you have the kids, and that's all supposed to work out really well. Yeah. And you're supposed yeah. to naturally yeah. fall into your role as a mother or as a father or, you know, as a parent. Like, you're just supposed to naturally fall into this role. And your marriage is beautiful and delightful, and everybody's job is working out <laughs> just right. And everything is like, my baby's going to sleep. It, there's so much of a lie to all about that. And I, yeah. mean, I don't think it's a mean lie. I don't think it's like you've been screwed and sold a, a bad, you know, thing. I think it's just yeah. so surprising. And to hear you say those words, just tape people together until their kids. I remember somebody like saying at some point in time and passing to me that more people uh, get divorced at right when their kid turns five. Like literally like five, it seems to be this like a golden age of like where you're either going to come out on the, on one side of five, one way or the other way. Uh, and that. Uh, you know, which sounded so harsh to me, but, you know, we're halfway through that, and it's hard. It's hard work. Yeah, yeah. It's really hard work. Yeah, I sometimes think, like, you just need to treat it like a cactus, maybe. Like, we'll just give it a little bit of water. We don't want it to die. We need to at least occasionally, if you can get a babysitter, if you can occasionally remember to have sex, if you can <laughs> check in with each other, whatever that looks like to feed your relationship just enough and keep it important. And then to start coaxing it back. Like once they are like, at what point do you remember that you actually don't have to respond to them all the freaking time? You can lock the bedroom door and they can wait for 10 minutes, you know, <laughs> that they're not infants forever. And we forget, right. like we're so used to responding to them. Like we have to feed on demand and they're, you know, they're four. They don't really need quite that much responsiveness. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's very true. I, I think it really, again, I think it's just one of those things that we don't ever think about. You're just in the moment. You're just in the moment. Yeah. And, and you forget that yeah. there's going to be a totally brand new moment down the road that's going to be 100% different. And you just hope that you hope that you're still sane when that moment And I wish parents up. had more social support. Yeah. I think if you happen to live by your parents and they're lovely people and they can babysit, or you've just got that community that gives you some of, can feed you a little bit. There's a lot of things that isolation and mm -hmm. and lack of support just tip it over into, you know, unmanageable in a lot of ways. Well, that's actually one of the questions that I wanted to give you very specifically, uh, hoping your experience can maybe help uh, something that we've seen come up quite a bit uh, on our, in our community, in the One Bad Mother community. And that is... This idea, uh, I think one of the things that a lot of parents find themselves in, especially with new kids, new, new children in the house, is their work schedules can be totally different. And I think this can show up in a lot of different ways. Uh, there can be one works night, one works days, uh, or one works like 12-hour days, and the other works a shorter yeah. period of time, uh, or one travels for like huge chunks of time and then and the other ones you know home a lot but the the basic result is feeling like you're living in two separate houses or you're just like ships passing in the night and all you're doing is sharing like don't forget he needs to eat at like two you know what i mean like yeah <laughs> it's literally yeah, like living two lives the business yeah. of your family right yeah so like what are some things that people who feel like they're living two totally separate lives at the moment uh, what can they do to to to, to survive this? Stay duct taped. Yeah, to stay duct taped. Yeah. Yeah. What's the duct tape look like? You know, I, there there are like there are like five minute things. Like there really is just stopping and saying, "Tell me about your day," and really listening. That can make a huge difference. That you just 
pause and be mindful and remember that we're in this together and that it has been hard. And then there's the, you know, looking at the week-long schedule and kind of looking at your time budget and saying, when can we get really a conversation or an hour or what what can we do when in the week? Because the thing is that we are totally ruled by our calendars, but we don't put our relationship on our calendar. And usually what we give our relationship is the leftover crap. So <laughs> 11 o'clock at night, if we're both awake, we're going to talk about our relationship like it's going to go to hell. It's going to be a horrible discussion at 11 o'clock at night. Right. So how do you sneak away for coffee or grab lunch or, you know, just find a way to get the kids to bed and then right away turn off the technology and check in, even if it's once a week? And then if it's going, if it's going to be a stretch, if it just looks like it's going to be a really shitty couple of weeks or it's going to be, you know, we're traveling, that you kind of have to guarantee that this is the date we're going to reconnect. You know, you have to look at the calendar and say, okay, well, when you get back, it's going to be a crazy day or two. And then we really should make sure we put something on the calendar, whether it's a date or getting the kids to go away for a few hours or overnight, anything that you can kind of live into some set of, you know, some future commitment to the relationship can just can can make you remember that it is a priority. So putting something, anything on the calendar. Well, how do you so and then keeping checking in? So you make that time to check in. How do we make that time valuable without like walking in the door and the first thing out of our mouth like being like, "Well, everybody's complaining." Are there tricks yeah. to that? Is there a way to avoid that? Is there a way to avoid that? Well, I that? think there's. I think even if you can just kind of keep contextualize it and say, you know. I want to feel close. Sometimes we can just talk about what I miss. You know, mm. I miss when we had more time together, or I wish that I, I wish my sex drive was stronger. I really do miss wanting you. Or, you know, man, wouldn't it be nice? Sometimes, like the fantasy of Hawaii, everyone should take their marriage to Hawaii, <laughs> where no one has marriage problems in Hawaii. Right? <laughs> and so, if we can talk about it that way, at least it puts us in partnership instead of like you did this to me, like being on the same side of. I, I think about like that cactus, like what does that cactus need? Not what do I need or what do you need, but what does our relationship need? And that helps some of that defensiveness. Like, yeah, of course our relationship needs more time. Of course our relationship need, needs more communication. Of course it needs more sex. It's not going to get all of those things. So that's what it's hungry for. <laughs> and then it's easier to get that defensiveness and that blame out of the conversation and just some of the hunger. Like we really do both want each other, even if we want each other in different Mm, that's good. That's a good point. Yeah, I think it's sometimes just like taking that breath and seeing and using those words. You know, it's a little bit like we talk about parenting. I can I can both hate this and love yeah. this and both can exist at the same time. You know, yeah. I can want our relationship to get stronger, but I can also admit that like I'm having a really hard time connecting. Those things can exist yeah. in the same same place. Well, let's move on to the your book, uh, Healing Your Birth Story, which really resonates a little with me. I, there is something very ingrained in our culture and ingrained in how we talk about birth, uh, our birth experience. One, if we even talk about it. Ew. No one wants to hear your birth story. Yuck. <laughs> um, we don't talk about it. You see a woman like on TV, water break, and very calmly stand there and then walk out of the room, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, it just like, literally falls out. It really is just like, did that, what, is she just standing there? Why is she standing there? <laughs> or, you know, like, it's in a car and everything's great. Or like, whatever. 
it just like there, there's this image fed to us that we're not going to talk about it. A woman starts to scream and then there's a beautiful baby and like that's it. Uh, and everything comes really well after that. And it wasn't – I was one of the first people in my circle of friends to have kids. And uh, a few people I knew started having kids after and they had really bad experiences. I mean, they were like, mm-hmm. I mean, they had difficult births. They were traumatic. They they were hurt during their births. Uh, it was scary. It was, um, it felt, tra- I can remember a friend saying, I felt like I had been traumatized and mm-hmm. I'm never having another kid. And she did. And she's like totally fine. <laughs> and like, she's like, but she had to really work through that trauma. You know, I know people who've had like uh, bone breaks and like, you know, like, yeah. they're, you know, and even for me where I have, you know, mine were like, I was totally medicated. My first child, that was totally fine. I got induced. I think in retrospect, I didn't want to be because my labor had started, but I was in New York and they were like, time to go. <laughs> we don't care. Yeah. And then uh, my second child, I was medicated, but the medication was too strong and I lost the feeling in my legs during the, the birth. Ugh. And Ellis didn't really want to come out. And there was a lot of like, it was like very difficult to get him out. And like, there was like, fevers and blood pressure dropping and monitors like suddenly in that like even right after the moment of somebody asked me how my birth went I was like fine and then like I was starting to share the details and people would be like what they were like you were there an extra day people (laughs) thought there was an infection you know like and but I do think that that's I think that's what I'm getting at there's this culture of it was fine yeah it was fine and almost to the point where we just accept that it was fine even if that's not emotionally maybe how we felt with it I don't know I would just love for you to Talk about this experience that, and in retrospect, I'm trying to think, does anybody I know just had like a totally flawless birth where they were like, great. <laughs> I don't know, Teresa, yours, do you? Well, I, I don't know why you, why anybody, I mean, that's just a weird way, way to, to categorize say it. Yeah, okay, you're like, right. this was a great one, yeah. this was a bad one. Well, you're I mean, right. they're just all really different. Different. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yes, you're right. That was a horrible way for me to phrase it. <laughs> no, no. Uh, just, no, but you're right. But I, but I think yeah. it's a, it's we do have a tendency to be like, well, was it good or was it? Yeah, was you it know, good or was like, it bad? Yeah. <laughs> like, All right. So tell us, tell us, tell us, was it good or was it bad, Maureen? Did I have a good one? Or a bad <laughs> well, one? well, yeah, yeah. I think that all births have beautiful moments. And all births have really scary, shitty, not so great moments. And there's a point at which it kind of tips to wait a minute. I think this is bigger than that. Nobody really thinks the babies fall out of them by the time the commercial break is over. We all kind of know it's going to be painful, and we know it's going to be long, and we're going to know it's going to be unexpected. Whatever is going to happen, we don't know what to expect, but we somehow have been seduced by an idea that we can totally prepare for it. That we, we're, we're women that are used to having things under control. We like to just read a couple of books and take a class, and then we know that we've got it. And that's just not ever going to happen with birth. Birth is way more intense than that. And so something goes wrong, or somebody's horrible to you, or <laughs> just the unexpected. There's so many things that can fall into that category of what, and usually what I just ask women is, is if they feel unresolved, or they feel oh. like their birth story is still kicking their butt. And that's, you know, they are the people that don't really want to talk about it, or they don't want to hear anybody else's story, or they kind of are quietly feeling shitty about it or guilty about it. You know, there's a lot of places that can show up. But if you ask a woman if she feels like her birth story doesn't feel settled, then you'll usually see the tears come. Like, well, there's a thing that happened I haven't talked to anybody about. That's like a really great way to word that. I mean, that is exactly the way... 
I mean, I joke on the show, and I'm like, I need to have a third kid so I can do it right this time, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's that feeling of I didn't do it right. You know what I mean? And so, like, I think having that is it resolved is such an interesting way. It's so open. It just, it's an open way of letting your brain answer the question. And it's hard because I think we as women, like, there are a lot of things we discount as far Mm -hmm. as our feelings. I mean, around our sexuality, around our body, around the way people treat us. Like, we just say it's fine when we've got sexual harassment or date rape. I mean, it's similar. You know, we aren't really allowed to say, no, that wasn't okay with me. And so I think it gets into that, that whole world of what we're okay admitting we feel. We're supposed to be okay. We're supposed to smile. We're supposed to just, right. you know, get over it. And this, it does have an impact. It has an impact on our bonding with our kids. It can screw up breastfeeding. It can screw up your next child. It can screw up your relationship. I have lots of women who have told me that their husband, I, men in the, in the delivery room is lovely, but some of them really aren't ready. Mm. And they do some lame thing. And then they're, you know, at the moment they're becoming a father, for them to let their wife down at that most important moment can be really, and again, when are we going to talk about that? You know, we don't have time. Right. And so that just kind of sits there in the background of somebody let me down. My mom let me down. My husband let me down. The doctor let me down. With my own first birth, I didn't go to the doctor for weeks. I didn't go back to my doctor, and I didn't take the baby to the doctor because I was so angry mm. at the medical profession. And I didn't even know that I was doing that. You know, it didn't... Yeah. I just kind of passive-aggressively hid from doctors until I felt better. Wow. Yeah. But, I mean, you got to think that's happening everywhere. I mean, whenever, I mean, birth or not birth, when you have a bad experience, especially with a doctor or somebody who you're supposed to be able to trust Trust, is supposed to be helping you, it's really hard to then, even if your brain is telling you, these are the things I know I'm supposed to be doing, emotionally, your brain yeah. is also saying, why would I do that? Why am I going to set myself up to go back in? That's a whole trust thing uh, that, yeah, it totally then plays and into then, And then there's the piece about trusting yourself as a new mom. Right. You know, this is often, you know, first-time moms, you feel like you've totally, you're, it doesn't feel right. It feels like you let your baby down, that you screwed up, that you're not a good woman, that you're supposed to be able to have some expectations of how you were supposed to do it. And that's where that is, again, another setup for to start off your relationship with your child and your relationship as a mother, feeling like you screwed up. That's not a great start. Well, how do we how do we take steps to, like, start that healing process? Or, I mean, maybe healing process is the wrong word. Maybe it's just, like, one of those things that you – how do we work it into our lives in a healthy way? The, the women that I've worked with, this started with my own – healing my own trauma so that I could work with women and then working with lots of dual workshop and a couple hundred women now. And I think it really does come to the point when you ask a woman, tell me about your birth, that you actually are open to hearing the whole story, you know, that you don't really just want the sanitized, cleaned up, everything's fine, that I'm lucky to have a healthy baby. But if we can actually start letting women talk about the complexity, the confusing parts, the scary parts, then it starts being like there's not it's not all or nothing it's not not good or bad you know like if that's yeah. the only choices you either had a good birth or a bad birth right. neither one of those are particularly rich we want to be able to have a whole experience and so it is a lot of journaling it's a lot of talking sometimes you know for the really traumatic stuff it is time to see a therapist a professional that understands this stuff but a lot of times it's just finding a community where people understand you and you can 
you know, I think mom to mom sharing is so valuable. Well, Maureen, thank you so much for joining us. This was like, I always, I really enjoy how like set I feel. You know what I mean? I feel like a little grounded because sometimes this stuff just runs through your head all the time like a squirrel and you're just like going crazy. (laughs) And then to hear, I always find it so helpful when I hear the right language and right words that are tools for me. And it just makes me feel like grounded with that. Like these are scary, intense things that we're talking about that are very real things. But at the same time, uh, need to be addressed and you have left a very calming effect on me and I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, we are going to hook everybody up to the book uh, as well as to the website Marriage Geek and you do offer some really wonderful workshops that uh, I'm sure can be very helpful to people. Uh, thank you for offering your experience to us and our listeners. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. It was great and lovely talking to you ladies. Thanks. <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. You make me sing ooh. La 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 And make a girl go I'm in love love Did you see that shooting Yeah Is is it weird to feel like ah after no. talking about intense things I know exactly what you're talking right? about Yeah Yeah like yeah. there's I mean these are real things that I don't think anybody whether it's your relationship with your partner or the people in your lives once kids come into place. Because I think that there are people also deal with, like, all the relationships in their lives Mm -hmm. after kids come and, like, trying to find that balance and those relationships changing. And uh, I think there's just something very freeing about saying, you know what? It's going to be a couple of years. (laughs) Let's just remember that we're all we all liked each other when we went into this process. Yep. Yeah, there's something really freeing about not trying to make it be perfect all the time and to just admitting these are messy, weird times. Yes. And I think there's also something I really, really responded to her talking about the birth story and just mm-hmm. do you feel like there's anything everything's resolved? I just thought that was so like <laughs> yeah. Like no, yeah. <laughs> just ah. Thank you, thank you. Uh, you know what is also rarely resolved. <laughs> Sometimes these transitions are rough, guys. <laughs> but it always pays off because it's going to end with this beautiful mom rants. I would love to hear somebody have something unresolved and have somebody <laughs> share a little breakdown with us. I'm pretty sure this is a rant. My life kind of sucks. And my almost two-year-old is exhausted because he skipped his nap today and he needs cereal for dinner. And the only cereal we have is oatmeal. But to him, that's not cereal. And so he's pissed about it. He's crying and I'm trying. And his dad, who's the stay-at-home parent, has this way of making me feel like I don't know how to take care of my kid when he's pissed about shit and so of course he's like here let me do it and he takes the kid away from me and they go away and now I feel like a horrible mother and instead of handling it rationally I just walked out of the house and hopped in my car and drove away like a crazy lady and I'm on my way to the supermarket to buy cereal because I just want to get my kids some cereal because that's what he wants And I know he's not crying because he wants cereal. He's really crying because he's tired. But 
I feel extremely guilty. I feel guilty about everything, so I'm going to buy him cereal. And I'm sure by the time I get home, he won't give a shit about the cereal, and he might even be sleeping. But I think I'll feel better about all of this if I just bought my kids some fucking cereal. Thanks. I know. This is, like, so upsetting. I think I totally know where she is. And that I see all of it. I see all of yeah. it. And it's not like even the dad is trying to be a drag. I mean, I Mm-mm. do that to Stefan sometimes, and I really have to pull back when, like, Ellis yeah. is having the tantrum, and, like, I want to fix it. I, yeah. For Stefan. For yeah. Ellis. And, you know, and it's a really hard place to be. Mm-hmm. And it... it and it, here's the thing is it makes the other parent feel like shit, too. And, like, you're dealing with that, I mean, that guilt is so real and so, like, and the cereal and walking out of the house. I swear there's also some sort of, like, folk hero wish that you actually just walked out of the house. Mm-hmm. That you just, like, left yeah. like a crazy person. Yeah. I mean, like. But we, also you left to do a thing. thing I was yeah. At first when you said it, I was thinking you just, like, where I have to, like, take some Get space. Out. But then you were like, you actually have a. That's Don't a reasonable to thing to do. I mean, it do, it's, it is a little bit, like, a, a <laughs> over the top. But, yeah. like, okay. yeah, you're going and doing a thing towards trying to fix this. I know. And That's we all know good. the cereal may not help. But yeah, like, but it's, who cares? In that you moment. do something. Yeah. I'm, the cereal is for you, Mom. Sure, the yeah. The cereal is for you, and that's okay. Yeah. Like, everything about that was just, like... This is just fucking exhausting, yeah. and we can like all laugh, and we can all be like, we're getting up, and we're doing it, and we're coming yeah. back. And here's the thing: you're gonna get up, and you're gonna do it, and you're gonna come back. Yep. But like, there are these moments where it's just so raw, yes, and exhausting, yes. And it by the running theme, it takes this super emotional toil on you. Mm-hmm. And the thing about that toil is sometimes you don't even see it coming. And then it catches you really off guard. And you're like, yeah. everything's great. We're totally functioning. Serial. Total breakdown. Yeah. Right? You don't realize how exhausted you are and how emotionally tired you are and how mad you may be that it's not working out the way you're it's supposed to be working out. Right? And so you are doing a really good job. Yeah. You yeah. really are doing a good job. I and mean, yeah. it's clear that this is a really hard time right now. And you're doing a great job mm-hmm. getting through it. Your partner's doing a great job. Your kid is doing a great job. You guys are all, I don't know, doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing right now. Yep. <laughs> a little bit. So, good job. And I hope it was the best fucking cereal you've ever gotten. Yeah, I hope you guys life. just sat down and ate, ate bowl after bowl, bowl of that cereal. <laughs> just like we're eating cereal all. Panda puffs. What's yeah. it going to be? Yeah, who knows? I was going to say Fruitios. Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch. Captain mm-hmm. Fruitios. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, from Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's. I yeah. was going to say, off-brand yeah. Fruitios. Fruitios. Doesn't matter. Loaded with sugar. Lots of colors. The great. Delicious. Delicious. <laughs> Teresa, what yes. did we learn today? Parenting is difficult. <laughs> and being a person is hard. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you are 2, 6, 42... It is just hard to be doing things sometimes. Yeah. We learned that. We learned that Daniel Tiger's neighborhood would be a wonderful place to live. And don't we wish that people were singing to us and that we didn't have to wear pants <laughs> all the time? Uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, that's it. Those good lessons. Mother's Day is coming. <laughs> it's Mother's coming. Day is upon us, basically. M- Mother's Day. Depending on when you're listening. That's right. Happy Mother's Day to Happy everybody. Happy Mother's Day, you guys. And I think there is a recurring theme of self-care in this episode. Yeah. I because do too. we 
are both clearly overdue for a little self-care. <laughs> Although I did just go away a week ago. Well, we tried. But told I, you that would be washed away over. immediately. That's over. Well, we tried self-care last night, and how did it result? Yeah. Me trashing you. Yeah. So but, uh, whatever. It was still good. Keep trying. It was to, so good. Keep making an effort at self-care. Yeah. And that self-care should play into how we treat ourselves yeah. and our birth stories and our relationships, whatever those relationships were, yeah. as we were reminded by Maureen. And yeah, basically. Everybody just try and do a good job and be okay to yourself yeah. and those around you. Yes. I don't know. That Maybe that's it. That's all we got sometimes. <laughs> sometimes that's probably all we should have, right? Yeah. Be nice. Yeah. Be a good listener. Is there a song like that on Daniel Tiger? <laughs> don't be a jerk. Yeah, there should be a Daniel Tiger, don't be a jerk. Uh, don't speak- assume anyone's being a jerk. <laughs> Somebody work on that Daniel Tiger song for us. Uh, speaking of not being a jerk, we've got a couple of meetups to announce, which are very exciting. People are just meeting up all over the place, One Bad Mothers. Yeah. Good job. One is going to be in Portland. The OBPs of Portland, Oregon are going to be getting together this summer. They are going to be meeting on the third Saturday of every month, guys. This oh, is going to get yeah. started starting job, May 21st. Starting May 21st at 3 p.m., Parents of Portland, Oregon, uh, you're going to be meeting, the th- again, third Saturday of every month, uh, May through September, at a local park with our kids. Uh, this first one, again, May 21st at Peninsula Park at the playground at 3 p.m. You can also join the PDX One Bad Mother listeners group for more information. Uh, also, this Saturday for Mother's Day in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, there are going to be a meetup on Saturday at 10.30 a.m. at the Washington Park, a.k.a. Dinosaur Playground. That sounds awesome. That sounds great. So again, uh, 10.30 this Saturday of Mother's Day weekend, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, Washington Park, a.k.a. Dinosaur Playground. Bam. And if you have a meetup you want us to share on the show, you can send it to onebadmother at maximumfun.org. You can also send us your show ideas or guest ideas to that email address. You can always find that email address in our show notes that we post at the uh, on our shows on the website uh, or on our iTunes page. Yeah, if you go to maximumfun.org, um, all our show notes are there. There's also a link that you can click on and sign yourself up for our email list, which will give you a little weekly affirmation from us. Every week we send out a little email letting you know what a great job you're doing and give you giving you a link to that week's show. You can follow us on Twitter, Teresa Thorne, uh, at Biz Ellis, at One Bad Mothers with an S. Uh, you can also join us on our public or private Facebook group. And you, you can, can purchase a personal or commercial message on the show. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. And we got new merch. There are tank tops for summer. We got a mug finally happening. We have got our original T-shirt. And we have a onesie that just says in very big letters, you're doing a good job to remind you as you look down at your bundle of joy who's vomiting on you. It's pretty amazing. It is pretty that amazing. That is all at maxfunstore.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody, you're doing an amazing job. Yeah, you guys are great. You really are. This clearly, clearly a time where we all need to embrace that. Yeah. Just remember that. We're heading into summer, guys. Mm-hmm. 
it's going to be hard. Yeah. It's a lot going on yeah. in summer. You're all nailing it. Happy For, Mother's Day. And happy Mother's Day. Teresa? Yes. You are doing a very good job. Thank you, Biz. So are you. Thank you. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. I got to load down Mama Blues. I got to load down Mama Blues. Got to load down Mama Blues. Load down Mama Blues. Got to load down Mama Blues. Got to load down Mama Blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. If you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show, then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, got thrown down mama's room. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, got thrown down mama's room. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.